BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. Congressman Mark Pocan is here with us, taking your calls. Congressman Pocan is the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. He represents the 2nd District of Wisconsin in the U.S. House of Representatives. Pocan.house.gov, and you can tweet him at Rep. Mark Pocan. Congressman Pocan, welcome back. I'm curious what you see as the top of the news stack today. Boy, you know, there's always a lot. Front of my mind is you were in Washington last week on Friday. The House passed a $3 trillion bill, the HEROES Act, to address what we're all facing with COVID-19. But we can't get the Senate to get off their behinds and and negotiate and do something. And what I'm really worried about is those PPP loans run out pretty soon. A bunch of people are going to be laid off again. I don't know what gets the urgency under the U.S. Senate, but we did put our marker down, put a bill out there. And I'm really concerned that they're not moving faster, you know, much less you know, the president trying to hawk hydroxychloroquine. Am I saying that right? I think I, I, I'm not good at uh, pharmaceutical names. Uh, it's just bizarre, right? That's the only way to describe what's going on uh, at the White House. And the fact that they finally had some CDC regulations come out about reopening. And I'm afraid uh, this has been a chaotic process. And this president's put tens of thousands of more people's lives at risk. It certainly seems that way. And it is, it is very, very troubling. Morris in Long Beach, California. Hey, Morris, you're on the air. There's a myth that says you cannot indict a sitting president. And in my opinion, this man is dismantling our country. He's a sadistic individual. It's the only way to address Mr. Trump at this stage of the game is just to vote him out. There's no other means or no other procedures available to the people to stop the sadistic devil that's in the White House. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Morris, you know, when you have Bill Barr as attorney general, who's not doing the job as attorney general and instead is doing the job as Donald Trump's personal lawyer, there is very little recourse legally that we have to get justice for some of the things that Donald Trump has done. And we saw what the U.S. Senate did on impeachment and the, and the Republicans in Congress. So honestly, at this point, I think the eye is on the prize, the November elections. I've never felt more important that we get this done. And we're going to be doing it at a very odd time. So just anything you can do looking at November is going to be unbelievably important. And don't forget, if we can take the Senate and, and keep the House, we actually are in a place to, to be able to do something. So a lot is riding in November. Brenda in Chicago, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. 
My daughter is a public health person in Michigan, and she is texting me this morning just about the deplorable situation up there. They've got the double whammy of the COVID situation, but also just terrible flooding, not only in Midland, Michigan, which was all over the news, but also she lives in um, Muskegon, and I guess it's pretty bad all throughout Michigan. So I'm very concerned. She tells me that they're working with the National Guard. They're working around the clock, taking all kinds of steps. But here's my question. So I said to her, you know, we're texting back and forth. I said, you know, I certainly hope that, you know, you're going to get, I was sort of facetious, a lot of assistance from Trump. And she was very discouraged. She said, you know, Trump hates Michigan, blah, blah, blah. I'm very angry that Trump apparently uses politics to determine who gets help. But here's my question. I'm just kind of having a brainstorm. I I texted back to my daughter. You guys ought to bombard Betsy DeVos's office. She's high up in the Trump administration. She's from Michigan. The DeVos's have a ton of money. I said, you guys ought to email her, call her, fax her, and just plead for help for Michigan. And I, I just, maybe I'm going crazy, but I'm just very concerned, and I just wanted to get your take on all of this. I think you're close. I would say have them bombard their members of Congress in the U.S. Senate, because you've got a lot of swing districts in the House in Michigan, and those are the people that are going to have to tell their leadership that they could lose their seats because the president's not acting. Honestly, Betsy DeVos cares about people who look and act just like Betsy DeVos, and that's people with multiple yachts and who are obscenely, morbidly rich at this point, to use an Nancy Pelosi word. I don't know if Betsy DeVos is going to suddenly rise to doing something useful, but I do think that the elected officials who are on the ballot this November are really going to have to respond. And I think those should be calls because there is an urgency. I I met with the regional director for FEMA, and I'm pretty sure Michigan is in our region for FEMA. And, you know, I, I, I feel bad for them in that I believe the people on the ground are trying hard Um, Part of it is it is hard to get supplies in some areas. Gowns, we're down to 10 days worth of gowns in Wisconsin, and that's it. And that's a real problem. And that's more than just Wisconsin across the country. Um, But we really needed a federal government to get this right in January and February and March and April and May. And they're still not. And because of it, um, we are all at a disadvantage because of how this administration's uh, done this. So you're right. Um, I think they should call their elected officials, not necessarily Betsy DeVos, and call members of Congress in Michigan, uh, especially the Republican members, and try to put some heat under them. Lowell in Salem, Oregon. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. As we know, many bad things came out of the 80s from hair bands to superdelegates. But one of the really bad things that came out was taxing unemployment. Is there a way that Congress can reverse that tax? Because that's been in just since the 80s, 1986. So superdelegates, I believe, go back to the 70s. <laughs> so just want to clarify that, but I totally agree with you on hair bands. Uh, taxing unemployment, yes, uh, Congress could always do that because it just got put in place you know, a few decades back. Um, I don't know if you're going to see the Senate Republicans or this president move towards that, but I, I agree with you. It doesn't make a lot of sense already. It's, it's not like anyone's getting by a large living off of unemployment. In some states, it's even lower than in places like Wisconsin, and I, I really don't know how they do it. So, yeah. Yes, uh, it's possible, but probably not possible with the current political environment. Terry in Eugene, Oregon. You're on the air with Congressman Pokian. 
what power is Trump using to stop investigations of his administration? For example, if the Senate or Congress calls for an investigation or questioning, how is it that he can stop that from happening? And how do we change that if possible? Well, there's a couple things. One, I mean, he's firing inspector generals that are within the administrative ranks, which uh, he has some authority, uh, at least as he's looking at it, to do that. Um, But secondly, is they haven't helped us in any investigations because they don't reply to things like subpoenas. And he's just saying executive uh, privilege, I believe, is what the answer is on that one. But he's he's not cooperating. And we can't we can't do anything other than the legal process, which uh, can take honestly six to seven years to perhaps get through and if you got something really quick it might be two years so he's just doing what no other president really has done at the level he's done we're not quite exactly sure how to get around some of that because the legal process uh, timeline is not our friend and uh, right now with the firing of the inspector generals we're really concerned because that's even before we can even get to a process to investigate something he's getting rid of the people who are investigating his administration his agencies within his administration and again that's pretty unprecedented margie in alexandria louisiana you're on the earth congressman pokin good morning thank you so much for taking my call my concern is i'm asking about this medication that he says he's taken i would like to know in all details because i don't believe he's taking it because the guy's a big liar he is not taking it he's saying this to get the conversation off of the real problem about the virus and all these people dying so my question is how can you divert back to all the news people go back to what's important don't hit on what trump is diverting to because that's his strategy stay on what's important these people's lives are important congressman and please have them stay on that in the mental state of the president what can we do is it time for article 25 for this guy to be got out of office please y'all, y'all do something something has to be done I just don't think you're going to see his cabinet do that. So, you know, it's something that we all know he's crazy, but the people around him are crazy enough to work for him, and therefore that must know out any ability to deal with it. You know, the problem is it's it's really the mainstream media go to his press conferences, and they really need to quit doing that. I mean, for the longest time, you know, he would ramble on for hours, and all I ever want to hear from is Dr. Fauci, really, um, because I want to hear from the medical professionals. But when they give him the coverage, of course, they're going to give him some rope and let him go out there and say the crazy things he is. The problem is, I, I really, you know, what he's doing is so um, problematic, because I see the, the Twitter traffic, people who are claiming that this is fine to use now, which is really stupid, because there's no proof that this will work. But this is a drug that people use with lupus and other things. And I have a niece with lupus and they ran into a shortage issue about a month ago, um, potentially because of this. So, you know, the president is doing a lot of damage just being Donald Trump. And uh, once again, um, you know, I wish the mainstream media would take him on a little more aggressively. You've seen some reporters start to do that. They ask a good question and his only answer to come back is, oh, that's nasty and he doesn't answer it. But if they keep going and let him get away without answering, he's never going to answer a question. Um, We're keeping on focus with the bill that we need more support for people. And we're asking people to reach out to senators and put some pressure on them. Kathy in Indianapolis, you're on the earth. Congressman Pocan. Hi, guys. Tom, you've got the greatest show out there. Um, I have two things, actually. Um, First thing is, why are the Democrats not fighting to reverse Reaganomics and help the middle class. I mean, why has not that not been a priority? Um, also, um, 
along with one of the other followers, I, I'm, I'm feeling so hopeless about the firing of the IGs and any oversight. And why can't Congress push the courts to make it, you know, to, to speed it up? I, I don't understand why that can't be done. Yeah, well, first of all, the, I'll answer the second question first. The courts are independent, uh, separate branch of government, and we can't. That's just the problem we have. The good news is, you know, Nancy Pelosi um, uh, formed a select committee for oversight that uh, Congressman Jim Clyburn, the number three in the House, the House whip, is chairing. He came yesterday on a phone call with the Progressive Caucus, and, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of meetings and they're doing oversight, so they are trying to do what they can um, to help highlight uh, the deficiencies that are happening. Uh, to the bigger, broader question, you know, I think this is a question a lot of us in the Progressive Caucus often are putting out there. You know, we know that um, there's so much more we need to do around income uh, inequality and social Injustice, and, and we're trying to fight for those issues. You know, the good news is, I think, on the COVID packages, the House Democrats have been focused on working uh, workers and families, uh, and that has been the priority, whether it be extra money for unemployment, helping small businesses so they can keep people employed. I would like them to go further, and I think that's part of our jobs is to call our elected officials and ask them to go further. But largely the focus um, has been in the right place. I, I think there's more that could be done, and that's why we keep fighting for some regular payments to people, uh, better support for small businesses to keep people employed. The Paycheck Recovery Act that Pramila Jayapal has introduced is one of those issues that we really are fighting for. But I, I think it's a little too simplistic to say that there's no one fighting against some of those bad policies. The problem is we need that grassroots pressure on elected officials to, to listen to those of us who are trying from within to have those debates. Kit in Boulder, Colorado, 45 seconds to the break. You got a quick question for Congressman Pocan? Yes, gentlemen, thank you. Uh, Pocan, kudos for going toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with the BBC a couple weeks ago. I heard that and, and saluted you. Uh, my question is, uh, how often, as a citizen, and, and what word should I use when I try to call my representatives and to influence them? I just need a sort of a guide of uh, how to speak to them, what words to use, and how frequently I should be calling them. Thank you. Yeah, Kit, great question. I don't know if we'll have time in the second, but what I would recommend is you know, be don't yell at them, don't call them names, but let them know you'll hold them accountable in the election and that you have expectations uh, for them. And I think when you do that, we know you're watching, and that's the best way to try to influence them. And maybe we can talk a little more about this uh, some other time. Sure, we'll pick it up on the other side of the break. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls for the hour. Middays with Mark on the Tom Harbin program. We'll be back with more of your calls for Congressman Pocan in just a moment. You're listening to the Tom Hartman program. Call 202-808-9925. He's the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. He represents Wisconsin, the U.S. House of Representatives. Pocan.house.gov is the website. Rep Mark Pocan, the Twitter handle. Joe in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, Congressman. I'm a commercial pilot for a major airline. I just wonder what the federal government's going to do to reinstill uh, the um, confidence of the passengers, i.e. get uh, temperature checks and actually maybe give them a test, quick test for the COVID before they get on the airplane. I just like to wonder what you guys are doing about that. Yeah, Joe, I'll tell you, that that's going to be hard. I, I saw already we're having a hard time getting the confidence uh, back up. And, uh, you know, I had to fly to D.C. last week and 
Well, there's a few more flights than a few weeks ago when um, I, you know, I was on a flight with nine people out of the 150 seats, and there's only two flights from Chicago going to D.C. Uh, it's still not a lot better. The problem is there's no test right now I think that can give you that quick enough, you know, that in the quantity that you need to test every single person. So we don't have that in place at all. Um, I suppose you could uh, require uh, the temperature checks, et cetera. But I was very unhappy to see the three major airlines recently say that they're not going to require people to wear masks inside the planes um, because that's the, the thing I think where many people are afraid that it's like a flying incubator. And if you have people just because for political or other reasons don't want to wear a mask, um, then that puts people, I think, uh, still at risk, and I think that's part of the problem. So it's not even a government answer. It's the airlines, I think, have to go back to the, the, what they said. Everyone was going to wear a mask. But to have them say they're not enforcing it, I think, was a huge mistake, and I think uh, they're going to have to assess that or else public confidence is going to be hard to get back. Angela in Bowie, Maryland, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hey, thanks, Tom, and thank you, Congressman Pocan. I'll make this quick. Uh, what is the central message of the Democratic and progressive parties? I, I don't see that. I would love to see that actually announced, and every Democrat hold to that and every progressive hold to that. And more importantly, I'd like to see Dems and progressives jump in front of a mic every time, even if they're next to a Republican, to really spot what they're trying to do. And last, my real question is, why don't the DNC hold open contests to ask people to submit commercials and pick the best ones to promote, because clearly the DNC needs help. I'll take my message off or answer off air. Yeah, I hear you, Angela. I can't speak for the DNC um, to what they do as far as uh, seeking advice and input. You know, the House Democrats for the last two years, uh, our slogan essentially has been for the people. Um, and that's what we ran on on three big principles uh, last cycle. And I assume we'll be doing something very similar uh, this cycle. And, and that was a big improvement because two years prior, I think they gave us a 16 point plan to go uh, to talk about in November. And, you know, that that never is a very useful way to do it. But really, the contrast is there's uh, one political party that's fighting on behalf of working families. And we've been saying that whether it be on the COVID response or on the bills that we made as priority bills. We had 10 priority bills that we put out this session and passed. Um, so so that's there. I think the difficulty, Angela, is something that Tom and I talk about, I feel like almost every single week is that, you know, all too often the mainstream media, if they don't pick it up, you would think it didn't happen, but they don't pick it up. And if you think about it, the average newscast on TV is 22 minutes. And what you put on that newscast is really uh, because of how the news departments are run uh, in, in uh, aligned with the rest of the network. It's to make the most revenue in the eight minutes of commercials. So you don't always get uh, some of the things that we were talking about covered, and sometimes the silly gets covered. And I don't have a direct answer from that other than you can listen to things like Tom Hartman and there's other uh, sources you can read and, and try to watch in order to get that information. But uh, trust me, it's something we uh, often puzzle over and try to figure out how to break through that clutter. Shay in Jacksonville, Florida, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Congressman, to your last point, and then I'll get to mine. The way that you get the attention of the media is that you do in kind what is done to um, the American people by Trump and his administration. You meet them where they are with fire. The mealy mouth, 
you know, trying to always be politically correct. Uh, you can't do that and expect to draw interest. If they came out with something to say that was um, understood by most people and not political speak all the time, but just speak plainly to people, because we know what's going on out here. We're living it every day. And that's the problem with why a lot of people are not voting as well, because they're not hearing people speak directly to them. And you can say that you're for the people, but when, to my point of why I call, when you go into negotiations with the Senate and you know their positioning and you go in and you do not have a strategy and you take shorts such as you go in and you ask for $2,000 and you get $2,000 a month or whatever, something sustainable, uh, and you come out with one $1,200 check, that is very disrespectful it's disingenuous and it's very upsetting. So when you come in and things uh, come out as being woefully short in addressing the sustainability of the American middle class, the working poor, uh, and poor whose backs the wealth is created upon, and then we get nothing, and this is like the third or fourth iteration of the stimulus package, this continual shortfall for us while the uh, monies for the wealthy wealthy and the corporations are guaranteed, this is the problem. So until that is fixed, until we truly see that government is working for us, it, 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 it causes a disconnect. And so, yes, I believe that the, the progressives and the Democrats are, are fighting uh, for working people over the, the, the GOP. But when the rubber meets the road, we're the ones out here being pushed back into a workforce that's not safe. Airlines and all of these people agree to one thing, and then they do the other. And so there are uh, loopholes and stuff that they're continually getting away with. And Shay, let's let's let Congressman Pocan answer your question. Thank you. Yeah, Shay. First of all, let me give you a simple math equation. Uh, the House is run by the Democrats, the Senate's run by the Republicans, and the White House uh, has Donald Trump, a Republican. Um, so they have two out of the three negotiating uh, positions, essentially. So uh, we were able to get $600 a week surge for people on unemployment. That's 36 million people who are unemployed at no fault of their own. Um, and that was unbelievably significant because that puts most people at the median income uh, of what uh, people make in this country. And we did get a number of significant things. Quite honestly, I think a check going to people who already have a job um, isn't as high a priority as making sure that maybe people have a job so that you don't have to be on unemployment, so that you don't have to be on food assistance. That's why the Paycheck Recovery Act was really important, although there's another vehicle that happened in the bill we passed on Friday uh, using an employee retention tax credit. We're trying to still fight for the employee uh, or the Paycheck uh, Recovery Act because I think it'll be stronger. But there are things that happen because of the Democrats. And I, I think, you know, the, the thing that Tom and I have talked about is Tom often gets the press releases when we do press conferences for the CPC. And we've got some of the best bills out there, from the Green New Deal uh, to, um, you know, War Powers Act, uh, making sure that we're stopping the administration from doing what they're doing uh, down the line. And uh, so often it's not covered by the mainstream media. And again, it's not just 
talking strongly. We talk strongly, and we've had these uh, issues. They don't cover uh, the, the very press conferences all too often. So there are people fighting and trying to. The problem is if it's not picked up in that 22 minutes on a corporate media broadcast, you don't necessarily know it unless you're listening to Tom or sometimes through social media and some of the, the grassroots groups that work with us on these things. So um, people are fighting for you, Shay, uh, and I'm sorry that, um, you know, you feel, uh, you know, that, that someone's not. I just wish more of this information would really get out there. And it is really one of the toughest nuts we have to crack to, to figure out. Uh, and it really would help us towards November. Somebody asked you, what's the best way to influence members of yeah. Congress? Yeah, two things I think I'd say. One, I mean, you, you know, no one wants to be yelled at or screamed at. And unfortunately, a lot of people do that. And I, I can tell you, I don't listen to those folks, even if they agree with me on issues. It's not the way that humans uh, interact. And uh, I don't recommend that. But two, holding people accountable and let them know that you're going to vote and mean it and ask for yes and no answers. You know, when someone does this, which I'm nodding my head for those of you who aren't watching, all that means is I have the muscles in the back of my neck that allow my head to bob. That does not mean yes. So you have to get yes or no out of people. And if they say they're going to get back to you, okay, when? And, and really hold them accountable to get the answers uh, that you want. And if you do that, you will go much farther in getting your uh, goals accomplished for the issues you care about. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Just head over to netsuite.com Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com Hartman. That's netsuite.com Hartman. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Steve in Topanga, California. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. I keep hearing that we can't get anything done. I mean, all the bills the House sends over to the Senate, they get drawered or buried. So nothing can be done until we vote them out. My strategy would be to, to uh, inform the public about, uh, you know, voter suppression. 
Tom's book on the war on voting and Greg Balance's The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, that should be the focus of the Democrats, because the only real solution that I've heard is to vote them out. And without a huge blue wave, with all the voter suppression that's going on in the red states, you know, we don't have a chance. So I think that, that that's where the Democrats should focus on how you're being cheated of your vote. And, you know, everything else is mute until we, we turn this election. That's what I think, and I'd like to know what your response is, and I'll, I'll take it off the air. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. Sure, Steve. One thing, I mean, there's always uh, the, the argument over process versus product, I think, and, you know, people want to know why they should vote, right? So just telling them that someone's taking away their vote, while that should bother a lot of people, and we do do that, and we've passed H.R. 1, the very first bill we passed this session was around electoral ethics and campaign finance reform, um, you still need to give people a reason to vote. So that's why I think you have to talk about the very issues that people talk about in their kitchen, at their kitchen tables, in their homes, that matter to them. It's about you, them, uh, not about um, a lot of other issues. So I, I still think we have that task to do. But Steve, I, I do think that there, we still have a lot of local governments that are, are not um, completely Republican controlled. We still have a lot of state governments that aren't. And we can still enact change in those areas and honestly have those things in place for when we do um, d- turn the Senate around and defeat Donald Trump. So I'm, I'm not saying it's all hopeless. It is certainly more difficult when you have a Republican Senate and president because the president can veto bills in the Senate. We don't have the votes. Um, But we have passed a lot of things that show people what the difference could look like. I think we need to get those messages across. And quite honestly, we need people to be our messengers in getting those messages across uh, with their social media and through their friends' networks. But at the same time, agitate for change where you can at the local and state level, um, because we can still get good things done. And I don't want to make it sound like you can't. It's just right now, uh, we are going to have a more difficult time getting the strongest possible COVID pack when you have Mitch McConnell as the head of the Senate and Donald Trump in the White House. If the Democrats take the Senate and the House and the yeah. White House in the next election, God willing, please, what would your priority be? What, would the, what should be the first legislation? Where should we begin? You know, I, we haven't talked about what the priority ones will be for this year, but I don't think they're that different than what they were last cycle. Um, healthcare, uh, ethics in, in cleaning up what is really happening in Washington um, and uh, dealing with people's jobs and infrastructure. And I think now especially that's going to be uh, resonating because of what's happened because of COVID-19. I think those are still the big three that we know people talk about the most in their homes. And therefore, we need to be responsive to the issues that people care about the most. And um, you know, we need serious reform to make changes in those other two areas. That's why I think that issue is a real key part and a central part of the argument. Welcome back, Congressman Mark Pocan, taking your calls for the hour. Diane in Madison, Wisconsin, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yes, Ms. Pocan, I would like to know why Congress does not um, call Trump out on his lies. And I'll take my answer off the air. Thank you. Yeah, Diane, we do every single day, every single hour, probably every single minute. I I follow a lot of my colleagues' uh, Twitter accounts. We're constantly doing that. Um, Whether or not the mainstream media, corporate media picks it up, I can't speak for them. But, I mean, all you need to do is look at my Twitter account. I'm your representative. You'll see me doing it out 
probably 10 times a day, um, as do almost every member of Congress, as do our leadership, as do the Senate uh, senators that I follow as well. So it's happening. Um, you know, the problem is, again, that 22 minutes you have to do all news in order to sell detergent. Uh, it's often hard to get uh, some of these uh, points actually covered. Therefore, we have to use alternative media. I mean, you know, you're listening to Tom for a reason because you're getting the truth. We need to find uh, more sources like that, and we need to use our own social media to share these sources so people can also hear what's going on. Susan in Phoenix, Arizona, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Oh, thank you, Congressman Pocan. My question is, I understand that in order to solve this COVID-19 crisis, um, we need to know the data, and testing is important. Here I am, I just heard on Rachel last night that Arizona is not releasing any of the data, and of course we're the lowest in testing. How do we expose this, and how to, is there any way we can make it happen that the governors release this information and do better to uh, follow up on testing? Thank you. Yes, yeah, so, Susan, uh, great question. And first thing I would say is, you know, fight it in your own state. Uh, fight it through your local media. Fight it on your social media. Uh, figure out how to raise the awareness because. Um, you're right. A number of governors, uh, Republican-leaning governors, aren't releasing data to make the president look better, but we're doing it by not releasing things like deaths and other data that we need in order to stop the virus. So it's it's insane. It's crazy. Um, but this president uh, feeds off of that. Therefore, we're going to need people like you in Arizona to fight it in Arizona and people in Florida to fight it with their governor and people in Georgia to fight it with their governor so that we can try to have a better snapshot. But if there was any top-down strategy from the White House, and there has not been, um, this would all be taken care of. But the president's strategy is to ignore this and to just focus on things like the stock market because he thinks that's how he gets reelected. And in the process, uh, tens of thousands uh, more people have died than have needed to because of the president's actions, period. And now it's because of governor's actions, period. And you need to get that message out in places like Arizona because we need you to in places like Wisconsin where we've got a governor who's trying. Johnny in Galveston, Texas. You're on the Earth Congressman Pocan. Less than two months ago, when I, go, when I went through the drive-thru of my local Shipley Donut Shop, I saw the, all the employees there not gloved up and not wearing masks. Not wearing masks is a big thing for me, so I don't go there anymore. Likewise, I don't buy pizza at the pizzeria. I get it frozen from the supermarket, and I heat it myself because I know I've got control over how many hands are touching it. So my question to you is, if we can't do it legislatively because of the moron Republicans uh, in the Senate and in the White House, can the Democrats in the House publish a list of CDC, uh, CDC? is it CDC? Yeah, CDC endorsed requirements for handling food and retail establishments that volunteers uh, across the United States can hand out to uh, store owners and say, we'll be watching for this and we will or will not patronize based on your adherence to these guidelines. Johnny's bad news, I'll give you first, is the CDC 
is run by a Trump appointee. And even a couple weeks ago when they had some guidelines for reopening, uh, they were squashed and not put out. And now they've released some weaker guidelines that aren't really uh, even followed. Um, so it's hard to just have the CDC put out the guidelines because Donald Trump doesn't admit there's a problem. Um, having said that, back to what I said about local and state governments, they certainly uh, can put regulations out there. My county and my city, Madison, Wisconsin, and Dane County have kept in place uh, what the governor had uh, for restrictions for safer at home when our conservative Supreme Court uh, struck down his provisions. So we still have something, but local governments can still do that. So I would argue uh, that you should contact your local elected officials and see what they can do on that front. Um, because you're right, I am, you know, there's an article today in my local paper uh, about how it's become a, a partisan um, symbol of whether or not you wear a mask, unfortunately, and only uh, about half of Republicans versus about three quarters of Democrats say they'll regularly wear masks. Uh, I'm with you, Johnny. Um, I'm going to wear a mask if I'm out going anywhere. But I went to the post office a couple days ago and uh, no one else besides myself had a mask on. I was rather shocked. So um, we need to have our local governments kind of pick up where the federal government under Donald Trump has fallen apart on. What should we be looking at and where should we be focusing our activist attention over the next week? Yeah, two, you know, two things. One, I would be calling senators and tell them to get off their butts uh, and pass something on COVID-19. Um, we need Mitch McConnell to. Uh, of course, your Democratic senators are more than willing to. It's the Republicans that aren't. So those are the calls. And two, I would call all of your members of Congress and the Senate and express support for the Paycheck Recovery Act. Um, that is the single best way to get 36 million people uh, their jobs back. Uh, it it takes savings from unemployment insurance and other areas that you wouldn't need if people have a job. It can get it done efficiently like they do in Canada and Germany and England and Denmark. And uh, we still can have that be something that's the grassroots after. So I really think people need to talk about the Paycheck Recovery Act for their elected officials. Great. Congressman Pokian, thanks so much for dropping by again this week. We'll, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, Tom. Trump is so committed to pretending that this coronavirus isn't a thing. It's not real. Right? It's just a hoax. It's, it, it ain't real. Go back to work. Because he's so desperate to win re-election, because if he doesn't get re-elected, he probably goes to jail. And or at the very least, he gets outed as a fraud and his whole criminal empire, his Trump crime family collapses. Although I'm guessing that the Kushner's <laughs> grifters that they are, you know, Jared's dad went to prison for being a grifter, that they've already squirreled away hundreds of millions of dollars that they've taken out of the Trump companies and out of the various grifts that these guys have run. But he's so committed to getting Americans to go out and expose themselves to the coronavirus on the assumption that it's not going to impact the economy, that the number of people getting sick is not going to be that big a deal, that the red states will be able to cover it up. You got Ron DeSantis down in Florida hiding numbers. You got Nebraska and Iowa now hiding numbers. The governors are kind of officially say, you know, we're, we're not going to tell you how many people are dying or how many people are sick. This is probably happening in pretty much every red state where we're going to see an explosion. He's so committed to this grift that he's having lunch with an afternoon meeting with a bunch of Republican senators and the White House announced, and this has just gone viral on the internet, on Twitter, the buffet will open early at noon. Now, one of the things that the CDC says restaurants must not do when they reopen is have buffets. 
Why? Because you don't want people breathing on the food. Because now we know just a simple exhalation through your nose can carry these little particles of virus. Not to mention it gets on your hands. And then you use your hands to grab the tongs to put the salad or the the green beans or the potato salad or, or whatever it may be on your plate. And then you set the tongs down and the next person comes along and picks them up. And now that person's got coronavirus on their hands. And then they sit down and they touch their face and boom, off to the races. So what is Donald Trump doing in the White House today for the Republican Senate? He's opening a buffet, of course. It's almost funny. Anyhow, Mike in Lameda, California. Hey, Mike, what's up? Hey, Tom, before I get on the point, uh, just a quick note for everybody. Check out the TrumpDeathClock.com, where they are projecting the updates on the uh, amounts they conservatively lay at Trump's door for delaying and dithering when this thing was new. But my main interest in calling was about uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine rather, and uh, the new publicity that uh, Trump is giving it and warn people that in case you end up in a trial to make sure that you have a first entry electrocardiogram and follow-up during the course of the trial. Uh, this follows a piece in the uh, Journal of the American College of Cardiology last week from a Toronto researcher who found that of dozens, I believe it was 155 uh, prospective trials uh, listed on a government website, uh, they lacked that feature. The problem being, of course, that uh, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin all have the uh, tendency to prolong uh, heart rhythms, and so people who right. start out with a slow one are it's more called, apt to it's die. A long queue. Yeah, it's it's yeah. more likely to lead to uh, to fibrillation and 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 cardiac failure, heart failure, um, and that's right. and that's what so, they found in that VA study was that that you know uh, they weren't getting better from the coronavirus and they were dying in larger numbers from heart failure, and which is one right. of the known side effects of chloroquine and hydrochloroquine. Absolutely. Mike, uh, so uh, the bottom line of what you're saying is what? Yeah, insist on uh, cardiology uh, uh, testing your heart rhythm first. Yeah, let's get some, let's get some real scientists. Well, and don't take these drugs. I mean, you know, there's no evidence that these drugs actually help. I think what we need to do is start a campaign that the White House might pick up on that the, the thing that, that will save you, that will prevent you from getting COVID-19 is bihydrous oxide. Now, bihydrous oxide is a solvent. In fact, it's the most widely used solvent in the world. It, uh, it will kill you if you, uh, if you drink large quantities of it or if you inhale even small quantities, relatively small quantities of it, it will kill you. Uh, it is... Uh, you know, uh, powerful stuff. And, you know, so like Trump likes things, you know, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, it has some dangers, it has some side effects. Well, that must mean it's strong, right? So you say that about the bihydrous oxide. This is a highly effective solvent that can kill you in large quantities, but it might prevent you from getting uh, coronavirus. We, We need to tell Trump this. Uh, what is bihydrous oxide? Bihydrous oxide, uh, bihydrous two hydrogens, oxide one oxygen. 
It goes by the chemical formula of H2O. Maybe we could convince him. I don't know. Uh, somebody, some reporter needs to ask him, do you think bihydrous oxide will help? A few other things in the news I wanted to share with you, by the way. Uh, a number of people have tweeted me that I was saying bihydrous oxide. It's actually uh, dihydrogen monoxide, right? And, and there, in fact, somebody, let me get, over, get back over to the Twitter feed here. Somebody, yeah, here it is. Uh, Four American Values tweeted a, uh, an alert. Danger. Dihydrogen monoxide is colorless and odorless. Accidental inhalation of DMHO may be fatal. Prolonged exposure to its solid form causes severe tissue damage. If symptoms, of, that would be ice, right? <laughs> symptoms of DHMO ingestion can include excessive sweating and urination and possibly a bloated feeling, nausea, vomiting, and bodily electrolyte imbalance. So uh, it's dihydrogen well, he says dihydrogen oxide, uh, for American Value says Craig Baer says it's dihydrogen monoxide. I guess there's a bunch of different ways you can say H2O, right? But uh, I am waiting for the day that some reporter asks Trump, well, what about dihydrogen monoxide? Uh, you know, understand that that might be helpful with coronavirus. And Trump starts going, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, dihydrogen monoxide, we need to look into this. Meanwhile, a Florida man who is infected with the coronavirus has issued a warning to his buddies. He says, uh, many people I uh, still think the coronavirus is a fake crisis, which at one time I did too. And not that I thought it wasn't a real virus, but I thought it was blown out of proportion. It wasn't that serious. Well, he just recovered. He has not yet fully recovered, but he's out of the ICU. His wife has been sedated and put on a ventilator. He says, after three weeks, I've come to accept that my wife may pass away. And the piece I have is, is about that is that I know without a shadow of a doubt that she would be going home to the Lord. He said, uh, looking back, I should have worn a mask, but I didn't. He trusted Donald You're Trump. You're listening this guy. to the Tom Hartman program. Call 202-808-9925. This is what happens to people who trust Trump. This is what's going to be happening to the people who are showing up for these reopen rallies is they're going to start seeing their spouses and parents on ventilators. Robin in Kingston, Washington. Hey, Robin, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. I tried to get on Friday to uh, give my double, triple thumbs up to a woman who <clears throat> called in and shared with us her forum of uh, political communication and activism, uh, which I call T-shirt messaging. Uh, she had a, um, an issue. Her message was about why she was wearing her mask. Well, I've been T-shirt messaging for over a decade now, and it's extremely, extremely successful. And it's even more mm. successful right now considering two issues. Number one, we have the COVID-19 thing, and we do have to cut down our communications, uh, but, but you can read, okay? And, and this good messaging works. The other is I have long been trying to get the left and progressives and other people to stop trying to convince Trumpsters to change and stop communicating with them. I feel that we should shun them. So she expressed in her own words how she was able basically to do that. And the other side of that is that most Trumpsters won't, you know, 
uh, approach you. And if they do, you can just shut up. And then you find out that some people who agree with you, you can develop some nice relationships with. And here are just some numbers that I would like to try to say. Uh, you got 5 million listeners and viewers. So each bought one T-shirt, and then between now and November, they were to wear it in their you know, nonverbal places, shopping or wherever it might be, and they got just 100 people to read their T-shirt. That's 500 million messages. It's also saying it's coalescing the left out there, letting other people know that there are... So, Robin, what are, the best, what are the best T-shirt messages in your experience? I, you know, I, I can guarantee you we're not going to sell 5 million T-shirts here, but what are the best no, no, T-shirt no, no. I'm messages? Just, I'm just talking opinion? about the numbers, Tom. I'm just giving you an example. Understand that. Right. No, I get it. What are, what what are the best question? messages? Oh, what were well, the best? What, what uh, you've been T-shirt messaging for 10 message. years. What have been the most effective messages? Oh, by far, by far, the front uh, T-shirt, I, I make my own, the front T-shirt I stole from World Beyond War, I'm already against the next war, and on the back, I put um, earth care, not warfare, health care, not warfare, child care, not warfare, and elder care, not warfare. That is by far Sweet. the best. I, I have now, is that too, the best so because I, I you're think... getting positive responses from people or because you like the message? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the Trumpsters just don't even want to start the conversation. And then other people, especially the gray hairs who used to be uh, in the peace movement, speak out and say, well, I used to be in the peace movement. So whatever. Uh, yeah. So it, here's, another, here's another one that I do. I have a battery of T-shirts that support women. And my name is Robin, so the women's groups think I'm Robin. And I don't tell them, I mean, think I'm male, uh, female. And so I don't tell them that I'm a male. And one has uh, one T-shirt has the the word feminism uh, in five languages on the front, and on the back it says nine women on the Supreme Court. Okay, so that develops interesting conversation. And then I have women's wave, and on the back of that shirt I have elect and sustain matrilineal governances, and that's an interesting thing. So I love it. There's a lot. I we love can- it. Robin, thanks for the call. You've got some great, you've got some great products there, and. Or great t-shirts and you know it's a fine idea david in spotswood new jersey hey david what's up i'm 54 years old and i wonder if, if my memory of journalism or the nightly news serves me correct in the 70s and early 80s i would think that and you correct me if i'm wrong i would think that if i was watching the nightly news back then that they would show medical magicians from the 1800s you know, Barnum and Bailey doing uh, snake, selling snake oil with this hydrochloric and not nonsense. Um, instead, uh, what I'm seeing is is that the public is seeing um, professional scientists being asked questions of whether a drug that clearly is dangerous and has no efficacy uh, can work on the president. And I think the president is massively fooling all of us to not pay attention to the facts while states states reopen and I, I i'm definitely afraid he's trying to be reelected. yeah oh he's definitely trying to be reelected. that's what this is all about and you know he's trying to encourage republicans to go out to the polls and go back to work and put the economy back together so he can and he's got powell juicing the juicing the stock market so that everything will look good because he thinks that that's what it's going to take david spot on thank you for the call lisa in seattle hey lisa what's on your mind today 
I wanted to see if there was something on your radar that just came onto my radar. It's a documentary coming out called Plandemic. And it was put together by, she's basically an anti-vaxxer, Dr. Judy Milkovitz. I guess what concerns me is I'm an RN, and I hear a lot of people saying that herd, uh, herd immunity is the way to go and are against the lockdown. And I kind of looked deeper into some of these people that were promoting this documentary. Um, and it's kind of scary. They're almost backdoor pro-Trump people, in my, in my humble opinion. So is the essence of the, of the documentary that, that uh, you know, it's sort of like w- w- the argument that the anti-vaxxers make with measles, mumps, and, and uh, chickenpox, mm-hmm. that, you know, eh, these diseases aren't so bad, and if you get it as a kid, you get lifelong immunity, and that's better than getting a vaccine where it's only 10-year immunity, yeah. and so uh, we should just throw out the vaccines and go back to the 1950s. Is that what they're arguing? Correct. And they're saying basically yes, COVID and- is the same thing? Yeah, and she used to work with Dr. Fauci, so she's very much going saying that basically this was a man-made virus, but that um, well, that's not true. they're doing it to try to con- trying to I know, but they're doing it to try to control the masses. It's really um, scary oh, how many co- uh, conspiracies are out there. But this documentary is about to come out, and she has a connection with Dr. Fauci, and I just wanted to put that on your radar to look into. Yeah, I will. Okay. Lisa, thank you. Uh, not good yeah. news, but I will check it out. I will absolutely check it out. Yeah. I appreciate the call. All right, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, oh, pardon me. Uh, Robbie in Portland. Hey, Robbie, what's up? This is speculation. You know, I'll give you that. This is just a theory. Boris Johnson, I believe he thought he had a vaccine. Public does not have a vaccine is because they are waiting for the pharmaceutical companies to get the patent on it before they can deliver it. So I believe Mike Pence and Donald Trump already have it. You should listen to that hot mic of these two people inside the White House saying that they had the vaccine. Plandemic, you all should check check it it out. Sharice in Polsbo, Washington. Hey, Sharice, what's up? I read an article last week uh, or a couple days ago written by Matt Taibbi, I'm pretty sure, where he was talking about what Congress forgot in the mortgage forbearance program. And he said that by law, the mortgage companies are supposed to give you the three months if you apply for forbearance. And there's not supposed to be a balloon payment at the end of this three months, which is what Correct. why people aren't taking advantage of it. But that what they, Congress forgot was that the mortgages are bundled into bonds. And so the person you're contacting is a mortgage servicing company. And they don't have the reserves right. to allow you to go three months because they still have to make their monthly payment to the bondholder. That's correct. And I read that piece by Matt Taibbi, and it was brilliant. It's on his website and uh, spot on. And, and by the way, there's supposed to be a, a renewal for another, an additional three months as well. And they're lying to people left and right. Sharice, thank you for raising that. Thank you. I just retweeted this brilliant tweet by John Houseman. He says, CNN is not taking any, uh, you know, S-word anymore, any crap anymore. One of the CNN hosts, and up in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, or up in the upper left-hand corner looking at the screen, it says, distract and deceive. The president pushes baseless conspiracies, lies, firing watchdogs, whistleblower attacks, slamming media. And then down at the bottom, the Chiron, the big letters say, Trump escalates distraction, deception, and lies as deaths soar. 90,000 Americans dead, 1.5 million Americans infected. We are now roughly a third of the world's deaths and a third of the world's infections. This is, and this is purely because Donald Trump had no plan 
and, and, and he was informed literally back in November of this. In fact, we informed Israel that it was coming in November. It's, it's just mind-boggling. Pam in Chicago. Hey, Pam, what's on your mind today? Tom, let me quickly respond to the uh, pull yourself up out of bootstrap. You know that Reverend Dr. King had a very uh, profound and eloquent response to that. And I'll just say he called it a cruel jest to talk about uh, mm-hmm. lift yourself up by your bootstraps for a bootless man. And, of course, you all could go on YouTube or whatever to find his full response. Uh, he was responding to a uh, an uh, interviewer from NBC, if I recall. So you can get that full response. It was very profound and eloquent. Uh, secondly, Tom, when we talk about reopening, uh, Tom, we're not being concerned enough about the people who have to clean up the COVID patient, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who are in Walmart having to clean up the public bathrooms. I mean, you know, uh, the, the media, uh, uh, it's not being captured there. The working class yep. people who are really afraid to go back. So, Tom, I know you can't do it now, but perhaps tomorrow you can talk about how Trump and his administration should have responded to this so that people wouldn't be pressured to go back to work. And some business owners really don't want to open because they're not confident that they can prevent COVID. We're not even right, talking me, about it. As, yes. No, I'm, I'm sorry, Pam. Finish your thought. Then I'll ring. I was just going to say, we're not even talking about an effective method for disinfecting, Tom. I'm seeing them spray bottles, right? Spray distance and wipe down with the same towel. That mm. can't be correct, Tom. We're not even talking about proper procedures for disinfecting things. So, well, it may it, it may be. I mean, you know, the towel may may be so filled with disinfectant that it works. But but there's a, a great piece over in the Guardian. Just to add to what you're saying, Pam, that uh, they're doing cell phone location data tracking of these anti-lockdown protesters. They can actually you know follow the protesters, and they're going from state to state. These guys are not your your working class Joes who are desperate to get their job back. They're, they're being funded by right-wing billionaires like Betsy DeVos, who is funding the, the so-called protesters, these Nazis in, in Michigan. And, uh, you know, the, this whole story of, oh, these are just poor middle-class white guys that want their jobs back. No, no, these are Nazis, and they're being funded by right-wing billionaire Nazis. And you're absolutely right, Pam. The, the people, and I've been talking about this for a while, you know, I, I think that at least time and a half hazard pay for these people who, whose jobs literally put them into not just daily contact with coronavirus exposures, but hour by hour contact. You know, uh, as you said, cleaning the bathrooms, the people who are working in stores, uh, in, uh, practically, you know, across the retail spectrum. And what Trump has done and what these uh, what these many of these governors have done, particularly the red state governors, by saying no more state of emergency, no more declaration of public health crisis. What they're doing is they're making it impossible for people who who, you know, who's this is their only job option. You know, this is what they've got to say, you know, I'd like to stay out for another couple of weeks until this thing is under control because I don't want to get sick and die or I don't want to get sick and bring it home and have grandma die or my or, or my, you know, uncle or brother who's overweight die or whatever it may be. And um, I think it's just it's just absolutely criminal. And there needs to be more exposure of the of the scam of these open now protesters. 
Your thoughts? And it is the Republican Party, Tom. We have to say it is Trump, and it is the Republican Party. And for me, they are now a political arm of uh, the uh, hate groups, the white supremacists. And I just can't deal with Republicans. So I don't know if Biden's strategy to try to win them over. I'm not into that. I hope not. I want to register Democratic voters, people with compassion, who want to work with the working class. We need a Medicare for all time. People are losing their health care. Thank you. You're welcome, Pam. Pam, thank you very much for the call. And Pam is so right. And, you know, we need to be paying people particularly when they're at risk. We need to be paying people well. We need to have uh, universal health care for everybody in the United States. We need to declare an absolute jubilee on student loan debt and say, you know, it's only one and a half trillion dollars. Now, there was a time when you wouldn't have put the word only before one and a half trillion dollars, but Trump has taught us you can give a one and a half trillion dollar tax break to billionaires like him and Betsy DeVos. You can give a a one and a half billion dollar break to the millions of Americans who are deeply in student debt. So wipe out the student debt, make college free, and let's join the rest of the developed world. It's just that simple. It is literally just that simple. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. And in the meantime, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. And it requires more than just voting. It requires waking people up. So tell your friends about how to find progressive media. Tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Be nice to yourself and the people You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 